1: The middle with your hosts Holly at the party and Jordana Levine.
0: In today's EP, we yawn at the mention of diets and wonder why everyone still hasn't got the memo that diets don't work. Holly Recco is a hybrid of two of our favourite homewares, and I share my new nighttime ritual. We guess the celebrity natal chart of one of the greatest self portrait artists of our time, and then we finish off the EP by sharing how we're transitioning from winter to spring.
1: Well, spring is in the air, Jord, and love is in the air, so it seems. <laughs> We're recording this the day after the Bachelor Grand Final. How are you feeling, Jord?
0: I feel good. I um, am happy with Lockie's choice, mm-hmm. and I was just, like, so pleased. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I better, I better put a caveat on this. Lockie gaslighted the shit out of Bella, and that was not Okay. Mm-hmm. On any front, any front, and I'm not okay with that. But what I did like about Lockie in last night's episode was the emotion that he showed. Oh my god, it was so sexy. And you know what I'm like with guys showing emotion? I don't usually like it, and I was no. all for it.
1: You've come a long way, Jordan Levine. We've I established know. that Jordan actually loves male water signs. <laughs> <laughs> It's this new realisation that everything she's been resisting, she actually loves so much. I (laughs) loved the normalisation of a man crying. I thought it was beautiful and I can relate. We've established that he must have a Libra placement, guys, at least one, because I can really relate to the, but it's it's possible to be in love with more than one person and how do I possibly decide?
0: (laughs) I kind of felt for him. I've definitely been in, I mean, not that exact position before, but I think I've definitely loved two people at once
1: hmm I could you could just see it all over his face that he really was torn and that was I think that's the piece that we wait for when we're watching the shows like Batch we're not we're not waiting for the bitchiness or the drama or the cattiness we're waiting for those moments of human which is the moments of like love and loss and all of those things that make us feel
0: and i think that's also was what was so hard about last night's episode was watching the humanness of bella because that was i mean that was hard it's always heartbreaking when he has to pick one yeah it's always hard for the second one but you know she she had just been gaslighted on on live television i know and that was
1: really hard to watch she'd been walking into that with such confidence. Like, obviously you would if if someone tells you. I know, that's, oh, oh my gosh, heart just goes out to her and it's such a bizarre circumstance. I guess everyone will say, you know what you're getting into, but do do you actually know? Like, do you really, you're not going to step into that thinking, he's going to fall in love with me and still not choose me at the end, you know, like (laughs) fucking hell heavy. But, I mean, speaking of love, that's not the only thing in the love radar that happened this week, George? It's not, no. Can you tell the people, if they've been living under a rock or off social media like myself, what did you announce this week?
0: So I announced the pre-order of my new book, which we now can reveal the title of. It's called Higher Love. Yay! And um, released the cover and the title this week, and it opened for pre-order, so you can now pre-order your copy of Higher Love, which was, it's so funny. Like, it's been such a big lead-up for me. Mm. Um, and I really wish, I don't know why I didn't learn the lesson last time, but I really wish I'd set aside some time this week to sit and enjoy it. Yes, And I didn't, I'm going to do that this afternoon because I just had so much on. I've got so many other things I'm creating at the moment. And I was just kind of like, Oh, do the Instagram post. Oh, next thing, you know, but it's, it's such a big deal. It's been pretty much the last year of my life putting this book together Yeah, and, um, so much emotion, so much emotion. And um, yeah, it feels it feels really, really special that it's out. But it's funny, I, I was messaging Holly when I put the post up about the cover and I was like, Holly, um, babe, you know, if we were semi-famous, the Daily Mail would totally be writing an article about us right now and the fact that we aren't talking to each other. And Holly was like, what? Why? <laughs> That's like because I just made the biggest announcement in my career and you haven't liked or commented on it.
1: <laughs> so guys, we're in a feud. No, we're here to just squash the Daily Mail rumors. We know that you guys are like <laughs> hot on our tails right now. <laughs> we're definitely not feuding. I'm just taking a breather from social. And um but I do wanna say as as one of your besties who's been watching this whole path unravel and, and you know, you have said that it's taken a lot, like you have really poured your heart, your literal heart, like here have my heart, into this book. And I'm just so, I, I don't want to be patronising. I'm so proud of you because that feels patronising, but it's like I'm blown away by what you have achieved and what you've birthed into the world this week and I just am celebrating you, my girl. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love you and I love this book. Honestly, guys, I know George said it in a caption because she sent me it because I was like, I want to feel part. Um, <laughs> but it's not just for the single gals. It's for the gals in relationships as well. I've I, The book and the activities in the book, everything has helped me a lot. So I'm so excited for it to be in the world.
0: Yeah. Holly is one of the few people outside my publisher that, that's actually read the book because I sent her chapters as I wrote them. So, yeah. um, yes. It's as someone, really, really good. As someone who's in a 12-year relationship. Holly mm-hmm. got a lot of value out of it as well. So
1: I really did. I had breakthroughs where I was on Vox in tears to Jordan being like, "Oh my god, I just did this exercise!" And she's like, "Oh my god, it's landing for you! Yay!"
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's very exciting. So lots, lots coming around that as well, which I'll talk about in the next few weeks. But um, I would really appreciate a pre-order. I know it's really pre-orders are such a funny thing because for me, I'm all about instant gratification. So to order something and then not get it till January just does not seem like fun. But I'll tell you the value of pre-orders. There's a few things. First of all, it's really good for the author because by the time the book launches on its, on its date that it's actually in stores, if the pre-orders have gone well, it can actually um, debut on the bestsellers list, which is what oh, you need as an author. Okay. But if people aren't buying it until the day it's on sale, then it doesn't register. You know, It takes a while to of course. to register. So that would be amazing if you guys could help me out with that. Um, but also, it's just—it just shows support, you know. It's been like, it's been such a long, long process, slog. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Get those pre-orders in, friends. You will not regret it. And the cover art and your photo on the back—like you're a full legit author. And it even says on the front, "By the best-selling author of Make It Happen." And I'm like, oh my god, guys! One of my friends is a best-selling author of a book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that was fun.
1: I think, so cool. think
0: best selling author, yeah, and the photo on the back, that was like that they were big moments for me.
1: It's huge. So what yeah. are you gonna do to celebrate the Savo?
0: Well, actually, not a lot, just like not work. That's that's it. I, I've got it I've gotta teach, I've gotta teach yoga tonight. I do that guys. Um so I just I'm just gonna record this potty and then go and lie by the pool for a while.
1: So, Universe, this is why I'm supposed to be in Byron Bay, because I would be taking Jod out to celebrate. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm going out tomorrow night, Saturday. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me I'll get FOMO. <laughs> it's okay.
0: So tomorrow night I'm going to, don't be upset, whole, but I'm going to La Casita, the Mexican in Brunswick.
1: Oh, my God. It's, guys, some of the best Mexican I've ever had.
0: It is, isn't it? It's the kind mm-hmm. of place where you can eat a lot and you still feel fresh. It still feels fresh and, like, it doesn't feel, like, greasy and, like, you've overdone it.
1: Hundred percent. It's not that heavy feeling where sometimes when you especially when you have Mexican, you can leave rolling out of the restaurant, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fun. But it's it's funny. I um I've noticed like over the last maybe couple of weeks, like few people around me starting to drop um conversation around diet into into our conversations.
1: Interesting. And
0: it's so funny, it triggers me so hard because I have not been on a diet, inverted commas, for probably five years now. And that's because I spent 15 years on a diet and not really getting anywhere. And Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like, for me, it feels like so, I don't know, like, you know, when you're personally past something and other people are bringing, oh, I'm trying this new diet or I'm trying this and you're like, Oh, God, that's so five years ago. Like, do people diet these days?
1: Are we still doing this? Totally. What I'm like, I because I feel the same as you, Jord, especially back in my corporate days, like my former life, it was fueled by dieting and weighing everything I ate and we can dive into those things. It was like it ruled me. But what I'm interested in is this conversation around diets versus, I guess, food intolerances versus because what I do is there are foods that I'm intolerant to and I've done the tests and I know but I'll still eat them. And then when I scale back on them and I'll tell people, oh, you know, I can't eat X, Y, and Z, it's not a diet, is it? That's an intolerance. They're different things. Is it?
0: Um, No. Uh, Yes, they are different things. But I think that people can use their intolerances as a form of restriction rather than a form of feeling better. And I think I think yes. that's, the, that's the thing that triggers me because over many, 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 many years of being part of diet culture because I worked in magazines, I feel like there is no one diet that you can prescribe someone, right? No. Whether you want to lose weight or whether you want to feel better or whether it's about energy or sleeping or you know whatever it might be. When we can work out what our intolerances are, that personalizes it for us to find out what foods are going to make us feel better. But yes. to be like, oh, I'm on this diet or I'm on that diet. It's okay. like, but how can you prescribe the one diet to so many people? And that's what triggers me.
1: I understand that. It's the blanket terminology for bio-individuality where it's like that the two cannot coexist successfully because we're all so different. How can you possibly, I mean, gosh, the options, I don't even know what, what diets are people on at the moment. I don't even know.
0: Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't even like having these conversations. It's so weird that we picked it as a topic for
1: the podcast because <laughs> it just so makes so my
0: skin crawl. But, you know, like, And look, if you are on a diet, it's totally fine as long as what you're getting out of the diet is making you feel good because I feel like a lot of the time it's the restriction that's the issue, right? But if you're eating and and you want to label it paleo and paleo makes you feel good, then that's fine. Like I'm all for it. I've got nothing against that. I guess for me, it's sort of like, I don't like talking, I don't like it being part of conversation because I feel like diet is your own personal thing. And so when you bring it into conversation with someone else, it kind of puts the onus on them to address their own health issues and how they're eating. And I just 100%. think it's so, it's so personal that it just is such a waste of my breath, you know?
1: Well, this is why I find I don't follow or engage with any content online that is like, food pages because it does have that triggering response in me which isn't a judgment on the person or the people sharing what you know foods they're eating or not eating but there's a real reason why I don't show the way I eat really online as well and it's because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that when you do have food challenges or body image challenges some kind of body dysmorphia where you attach label and restriction to the way you're eating. And that is, I feel, you're right, Jord, what diet culture really is. It's the intention is restriction rather than expansion because if you're stepping into a relationship with food from an expansive viewpoint, from an abundant viewpoint, then I, I just don't know that restriction, the energy of restriction would live. Like, does that make sense? It's the energy behind the intention of the way you're eating.
0: Mm, absolutely. I think it I think it's different for everybody. I think the intention will start off around different things it might be. Yeah. It might be weight loss like I said, it might be better energy, it might be a gut issue, you know, like we don't know. Mm. But but when yeah, when when the intention morphs into restriction and away from abundance, you've got to ask yourself is the payoff worth it?
1: Totally. I remember one of my deep diet days. Huh, there's a book in that, Deep Diet Days by best selling author. <laughs> <has a> <laughs> mm-hmm. But back in back in the day where I was um, gosh, I don't even remember. It was no carbs, gluten free, all the free, whatever, blah 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 it started to filter into my life where I couldn't go out. I I was just like declining social invitations because it wasn't even worth me showing up or going to the restaurant or catching up with people because I knew that they wouldn't be able to cover my long list of requirements and, it started to create feelings of guilt, of missing out, of not being good enough, of all of these low vibrational feelings based on the restrictive measures I had put in place. I guess it really does come to the intention behind the diet. Maybe we just got to call it something else. Diet has the word die in it. It just doesn't feel nice, you know, when I say it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But I just think... Look, I think at the end of the day, when you're deciding what foods to eat and what not to eat, you have to ask yourself, what foods agree with me? What makes me feel good? What makes me feel shit? Am I eating beyond what I need to satisfy hunger? Am I eating to solve an emotional issue? Is it making me feel better? Is it making me feel worse? Does the after effect make me feel better or worse? I mean, yeah, it's a lot to think about, but it's going to get you to a much healthier state than ripping Mm. out a diet from a magazine or off the internet and saying, I'll try this one next. I'll try this one next. Oh, that one didn't work. I'll try this one next. It's like, well, hang on. Let's address why none of them are working and what's actually making you feel better. Here's a great example. At a time in my life, not so long ago, um, I responded really, really, really well to intermittent fasting. It helped me lose probably about eight kilos, I would say. Um, But then my body was like absolutely not like you are my energy levels were running out Um, I couldn't sustain myself throughout the day I felt tired I felt weak I couldn't exercise and that's when I got adrenal fatigue I'm not saying intermittent fasting caused it but everything that was going on in my life
1: Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm.
0: now that for me personally I'm better off eating quite consistently throughout the day very small Mm. amounts than I am having what I much prefer to do which is just having like a big lunch and a small dinner, you know, but Mm. but my my energy levels won't allow me to do that anymore. It's saying, no, George, that actually doesn't serve you anymore. I want you to have some regular small meals throughout the day. So that's why I've shifted, you know, and it's things like that. It's tuning in. It's this superpower of self-awareness again, you know, and really being able to tap into that.
1: It's listening to your energy. That's exactly what this is and knowing that that is going to peak and trough and flow in all sorts of different ways as you grow and change and especially the female body going through seasons, not just with the seasons but every bloody day. And this is why I've found things like working with your dosha and Ayurvedic principles and also enlisting the help of professionals so that could be a dietitian, a nutritionist, a naturopath, people that you can enlist to actually help help you with where your energy is at as opposed to as you said jord pulling something out of a magazine or having a look at what an influencer fitspo chick is posting and thinking oh, i want to have abs like her so i'm going to eat the way she does it's just a load of shit and it makes me very angry
0: it makes me very angry too because half the time they're not eating what they're telling you that they're eating
1: half the time they're not eating full stop yes let's be real. Um, So yeah, it's important to honour your body and fuel it with foods. And if that means, you know, for me, I'm, I know that gluten and dairy flare up my psoriasis. I know that. And sometimes guess what? I'm going to eat gluten and dairy. And do I feel bad about it? No, I'll feel inflamed and my psoriasis will get itchy and I'll be like, oh no, I've got to go to the toilet. But it's, we're adults here, right? Like it's okay. I'm not a bad person for doing that.
0: Well, I actually think you're a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I am the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> um, no, I agree. So what, what's your approach now, day-to-day, with your everyday eating? It's
1: uh, It's intuitive. It's feeling into what my body wants. And don't get me wrong. I catch myself in moments where I'm like, oh, I feel a little more inflamed. Like inflammation is the biggest one for me and my biggest point of concern in my body. So when I feel complained and inflamed, I'll scale back on the things that I know cause me inflammation. So for me, it's super personal. Some people, and I know you're the same, Jord, some people can eat eggs and have zero issue. I eat eggs and I just my body can't handle it. I also have excess estrogen, so it doesn't really help. So for me, it's just being really consciously aware of the things that cause inflammation in my body. And then I get to make an adult decision as to, okay, do I want to continue to fuel my body with these inflammatory foods for me personally or not? And the biggest problem or challenge that I face is Trent and I love to go out and eat with our friends at fancy restaurants. It's just our way, like we just love it. And Trent doesn't have issues with this. So he can eat kind of whatever he wants and doesn't really get the inflammation or any of the the frustrating consequences that I might. So my biggest piece, to is self-control and actually sitting in it and going, no, I'm going to get the salmon instead of the big pasta dish. Even though I'd love that, I just know it will hurt me like in the physical moment. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I think that's one yeah. of the hardest things about being in a relationship.
1: Yeah. I uh,
0: honestly, no, I really yeah. do. Like I I struggle because I don't want to ever make anyone else feel uncomfortable. Yes. And I also don't want to be the fussy person at the table. So I've got quite a few food intolerances as well. But and eggs, <laughs> if anyone has been around me and I've eaten eggs, like I pretty much she and passes coma, out. I pass out <laughs> like I have to go to sleep it's terrible but if I rocked up to a friend's house for brunch and she'd made a frittata I'd probably eat it because I didn't I don't want to put her out you know totally and when when I'm in a relationship I'm the same I go out to dinner and I don't want to order you know some little fancy thing and not touch the bread I, I can eat bread so that's a bad example but you know whatever it might be because I don't want to make them feel bad. And then I'm like, oh, we'll enjoy a bottle of wine, even though wine makes me very, very ill, you know. So I I really feel for you, I do.
1: Mm. What about you, Jord? Like how do you find yourself eating at the moment?
0: Um, I'm really proud of the way I'm eating at the moment. Um, I pretty much just eat when I feel hungry. (laughs) It's a uh, genius concept. I know, it's really good. (laughs) Do Um, you stop
1: eating when you're full?
0: Uh, yeah, I do actually. I just, I, you know what? I don't make as big a portions as I used to. I used to make these huge portions. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I was under the false assumption that you could eat as much as you wanted if it was healthy. But I think what happens with that as well is we get into this state of overeating when we don't need to. Mm -hmm. Um, I look, my biggest thing at the moment, which has just done me wonders is I eat dinner really early and I usually have quite a light dinner so my main meal of the day is lunch and um, I'll either have a really late lunch or I'll have a a very early dinner like five o'clock and I just find that it helps me digest my food better um, I have a much better sleep and I wake up feeling better so that's probably been the biggest change I've made but in saying that if my friends invite me out for dinner at 7.30, I'm not going to whinge about it, you know, and I just totally. I would never restrict myself or, or I wouldn't yes. say, oh, I'm not going to have dinner because I didn't have time to have dinner at five and now at 7.30, you know, like, yeah, it's just it's and also it's treating your your diet, ugh, your food intake. As a whole, rather than what you have in one meal or in one day, you know? Yes. I'll say to my, like, I love pastries. I love going to harvest in the yeah. Bar um, yeah, yeah. and having a croissant and a, well, not a coffee anymore, and a chai. And if I've done that in the morning, instead of feeling guilty about it all day, I have a salad for lunch and I have some veggies and protein for dinner, you know? So it's just... It's about balance. But most of all, for me, it's about how it makes me feel.
1: Yeah. I want to like just remind the listeners that the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry that profits off your lack of self-worth. So there are many diets out there that they, they are made to not work so that you keep at them, so that you keep buying the shakes, all the supplements, all the things, so that you keep staying on the treadmill that seemingly never ends and then it becomes this addiction to well it is it's an addiction to potentially the way you could look if you kept going or whatever it is the addiction to the scales to weighing yourself whatever it's like this vicious vicious cycle oh my god so it's if so you boring can, Oh, my God, it's so So if you can break the cycle, how do you do that? Easy. Get in touch with your intuition. Feel. When am I hungry? And what do I actually want to eat in that moment? Then guess what? You're saying a giant fuck you to the diet industry and saying "I'm I'm reconnecting with myself and what I feel like in each moment. And that is power and that is liberation and that is what I'm here for.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And also I do recommend getting a food intolerance test because it makes such a difference
1: oh my gosh, it's a game changer for me. It's so frustrating, the things I'm intolerant to. For instance, baby tomatoes. All the things that I, I remember when I did the test, and I was like, Jod, I can't have cashew cheese anymore. And you're like, you probably gave yourself that intolerance because you were eating it so
0: much. It's <laughs> so true. guys, be careful. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting because what a food intolerance test will will bring up for you is is what your body is having a reaction to and, and that's where the inflammation comes from in the body. So If you do have any skin disorders or gut issues or, um, like brain fog, lethargy, I had so much brain fog, like so much. And I was like, Oh, my brain, it just doesn't work. And then I stopped eating eggs. And I was like, Oh my God, they were dating me.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's, and that's the empowered position where it's like it, it can sometimes be the inverted commas healthy foods for the general public that are poison for you. Yeah. So this is where getting a naturopath and nutritionist on board to be like, okay, help me out here. What are the foods that my personal body is not agreeing with? That, that feels empowering.
0: Yeah. And just throw the diets out the window. Take the bits of each diet that you've done maybe that, that's worked for you and that's resonated for you. And then sort of run with that, you know, and that's, I guess, where um, that's where I figured out I liked an early dinner was when I was doing intermittent fasting. I was like, oh, yeah, no, it actually does feel good when I when I fast from about, you know, 530 until I wake up in the morning. But it's not it's not a regimented thing that I torture myself with. It's just like, oh, no, that actually makes me feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that, Jord. I used to have smoothies as my breakfast, like religiously, for years and years and years. And my naturopath kept saying, Holly, it's not great for your makeup. Like the coldness, starting your day like that, not great, not great. When I finally shifted and gave myself permission to actually have sautéed greens, salmon, and a warm, savoury breakfast, my body feels so much better. I was like, I don't feel like a smoothie in the morning anymore. So it really is just feeling into what, feels good in your system and knowing that that will change as well.
0: Holly, as a party, what is your
1: recommendation this week? Well, my recommendation for the week at Levine is a small business that my client Kira started and she sent me some gifts this week and oh my goodness. So her brand is Wandering Creations and she makes 100% soy wax candles that not only smell divine but have crystals embedded in them. So they are a crystal candle hybrid and they are beautiful, Jord. They come in these beautiful tins that you can reuse. The uh, flavor, do you call it flavor? The scent? Sense? <laughs> <laughs> that one. The, flavor. Um, the scent that I have is. Citrus and sage, mm. and also wild mulberry. But she gets really creative with her scents. I'm going to give you guys some examples. So some examples are Fruit Loops, cola bottles, watermelon lemonade, musk sticks, honeysuckle, shea. Big and Melon, and they're all so super beautiful. So you guys know we're all about supporting small beers, and Kira sat my recent intake of Manifestation and Magic, and as a result of... All of her hard work within that and outside of that, she has her candles now stocked in stores and it's going really, really well. So if you guys are keen to learn more about her products, find her on social. It's The Wandering Creations on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Beautiful. And Hol, do you have a few spots left in the next round of Manifestation Magic?
1: Yeah, thanks for, thanks for reminding me, George. I have got five spaces left. So if you're interested in joining us, by the time you're listening to this, we kick off next Monday, the 5th of October. It's a beautiful group of women and I would love you to reach out to me. I'm not on social at the moment. So shoot me an email, holly at hollyasaparty.com. And if you have any questions, I'll answer them over there. Beautiful. So talk to me about your record, Jordan. I actually don't know what you're recommending this week.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to put a caveat on it, but it's not a caveat, but I feel like I should say it. So I've been doing some brand sponsorship with um, Puka Herbal Teas. Yes. Um, and it's really funny when you when you work with brands, because I only work with brands that I enjoy and that I'm aligned with. But sometimes you'll work with a brand and you'll just be like, oh my God, I love your product so much. It's totally fine if you don't even pay me for it. <laughs> um, there is work, paid work, that they're doing. This is not part of that paid work. They're not paying me to say this. Their nighttime tea, honestly, guys, Holly and I were drinking it when she was up here, but I have to have it every night now. Not only is it delicious, like it's really yummy, it actually knocks you out. It's a sedative. It not- it knocks you out. It's got valerian in it, and valerian is a natural natural sedative. But a lot of the nighttime teas, first of all, don't have valerian in them and also don't have this level of valerian in them. Right. It, I don't know whether it's because it's they, they use all wild herbs or whether the dosage that they've put in is a bit higher. I don't know. But I sleep so well with it, and if I don't have a nighttime tea, I notice how different my sleep is.
1: Yeah, it's a really yummy blend as well. Like Jordan and I had the tea, went to bed, and usually we'll be like blah 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 blah, blah <laughs> for like several hours. And next thing you know, we've woken up. We're like, did we both just fall asleep on each other? <laughs> so sorry.
0: I actually couldn't keep my eyes open that night.
1: Can I say something without being a suck up to Puka Tea? Yeah. They are my tea brand of choice. Like, if I need a tea, I will go to their section and just, I love all their teas.
0: Oh, absolutely. I agree. They just, they do their, the flavor blends are really good. I find a lot of herbal teas overcompensate with sweetness. Like, they put too yeah. much fennel or too much licorice because they think that's what the consumer needs. But, mm-hmm. oh, I hate it. Um, but their their blends are just divine.
1: Divine. Good record, George.
0: And last week, you gave me Julia Gillard, and that was rogue. This week, I'm coming up, I'm backing it up with a rogue one of my own.
1: So, I have <laughs> no idea about this one. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> your celebrity natal chart this week, Holly, is none other than Mexican self
1: portrait artist Frida Kahlo. It's like, I see your rogue and I match you, times 10. <laughs> Okay, here's what I know about Frida. Okay. I've painted her once in a Pino Picasso class. Oh, <laughs> You must know her really well then. So I really know the intricate details of her facial features. Yeah. I know she's a self-portrait artist. She's very, from what I, the limited knowledge I have, if you're an artist bloody person and you're listening to me talk shit about Frida Kahlo, I'm so sorry because I don't have much. <laughs> but the way she presents herself I'm gonna go off that. I'm gonna go off the fact she's an artist. I'm gonna go off the fact that she, I, the energy that I feel from her is very sexy, sensual, very embodied, very feminine. So we're just gonna roll with that and see. Her how
0: her chart is so
1: incredibly telling. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay. I'm just gonna drop in for a second, guys. <laughs> is there a fire placement? Yes. Is there more than one fire placement? No. Okay. Okay. Is there a water placement? Yes. Is there no earth? No. Oh, okay. So it's fire, water, earth? Yes. Okay.
0: You're so funny. The way you ask <laughs> questions, I have to think before
1: I answer. I'm like, um. <laughs> okay, so there's no air. No That's air. Tell me how she's supposed to breathe with no air. <laughs> <laughs> Is she a fire sun? No. Oh, okay. Is that a rising? What fire yes. rising? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I see the fire, and I feel it's either Aries or Leo. She's a self
0: portrait artist
1: she's a Leo she's Leo rising yes I see you (laughs) okay she's the Mm -hmm.
0: original selfie
1: she's the original (laughs) self she fucking is okay I'm gonna her earth placement has to be Taurian.
0: yes yeah
1: okay uh and then her water placement is Scorpio
0: no but I would I would have picked that too
1: Okay, let's just park that for a second. Let's place this Taurus, Taurus sun. No. Taurus moon. Mm. Okay, so what's her? Oh, okay, um, I'm going to go with Cancer sun yeah. because of her environment Yeah, and visit her home. Our friend was saying he's visited. I don't know why. I'm like, home, Cancer, ridicalo. color. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, no, her home her home was beautiful.
1: Yay. Yeah. So, Cancer Sun, Taurus Moon, Leo Rising. She really is her chart. Yeah, so you've got your Taurus,
0: which is ruled by Venus, which is all about art and beauty and the physical and, you know, the material, mm. which she was very much about, all the jewels and all the beautiful things in her home and the colours and being an artist herself. Um, Leo, self-expression and also the original selfie taker. And cancer, yeah. This real sort of, I think you've got to have that um, emotional connection, right? As an artist, totally. and home was very important to her.
1: Wow, what a beautiful! Like it's a really beautiful chart. Yeah, that was a fun one, Jordan. I I'm actually sur-
0: like we. <laughs> I'm surprised wrong. they had a Frida, a Frida Kahlo natal chart, but they did.
1: Is there a movie, There is a movie Frida. I haven't watched it. Oh, it's so good. Is Sal-
0: Salma Hayek,
1: yeah. That's right. I, I, I should watch it, actually. I am intrigued by artists, but I don't know enough about them. This week, we had Spring Equinox, Jodana Levine, which This isn't what this episode is about, but we have shifted in the southern hemisphere at least into spring, which is great. It also means it's Libra season, which is also great. Uh, (laughs) And what we thought we'd have a chat about now is how we are shifting into spring energy because with the seasons from winter to spring, there are some energetic shifts that are going on in the cosmos, which then can also filter into our micro worlds. Jord, how are you feeling in this new energy?
0: Fuck, I feel amazing. I don't want to yeah. like bang on about it, but I had a rough fucking year like we all have. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really feel like it happened just before spring equinox for me, but I really felt a definite shift in energy. Um, I wake up and I feel ready to get up and yeah. start the day. I, I've, I've really noticed it in my um, physical activities Yes. I, I haven't really, I mean, I, I always move at some point in the day, but like I've wanted to, I do the lighthouse walk and then I come home and I want to do like a hustle workout and then I want to go yeah. to a yoga class and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Where did this energy come from? You know, um, I've really noticed it in my shifting diet, which you were talking about earlier, but I just really wanted a lot of uh, lighter foods and cooler foods. And yes. yeah, it's, um, it's been, Great. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but feeling feeling thirty fun, fl- fl- uh, feeling fun, flirty and fresh, Holly. That's, that is the energy of spring,
1: isn't yeah. it? Fun, flirty, fresh. I've been feeling the same, and this is like we were chatting about it this week, Joe. We're like, we don't want to speak too soon, but I've got energy to actually work out and really like exercise, and that's what I've found has shifted for me is like going to my Pilates classes, and often I'll train in the morning because if I do it in the afternoon, it's usually nap time, but I haven't been needing to nap. I'm like ready to go out and go for a stroll. I've also found myself being drawn more to the sun and actually, and my friend Nikki Gonda from Moonbox talks about how important 20 minutes of sun is for your hormones every day and I've just naturally been taking a towel out into the backyard and lying in the sun for 20 minutes which I have not done at all this year yeah Yeah. you too yeah I've
0: been doing it too I've been doing it for a (laughs) a much more superficial reason Um, (laughs) my skin just as I've gotten older like I've always been fair but it just bloody burns to the shit house in summer yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go 20 minutes every day and give it a good chance to, like, get used to the sun yes. so that when I am spending longer days out there, it doesn't freak out and, and fizzle, frizzle. <laughs> but, fizzle and frizzle. Yeah. In the sizzle. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's been good for my hormones too. And that's why i well, so good.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of the pluses that um, Nix has shared. But that that's the other thing for me, Jord. And, you know, we are coming off the back of Virgo season, which is about productivity, and we had the Virgo New Moon as well. But I do feel this, this energised energy around doing things and being out and seeing people and, and getting to work and all of these things. But under the same breath, I know with spring energy it comes – spring cleaning and shedding and, and creating space for newness. And that's something that I'm being conscious of. And something that I think I will do coming into spring is just taking a look at what energies I am kind of absorbing and how I can do a natural shedding. So something I've been sitting with is I think at the moment on Instagram, I'm connected with in terms of following about 750 accounts and I'd really like to get that number down and be really streamlined in the accounts and the information that I'm taking in so that's going to be one of my projects for spring in terms of spring cleaning if that makes sense yeah absolutely how about you do you feel called to do any kind of clean out any kind of shifting of energy
0: Uh, yeah, I'm definitely feeling it in my home. My home looks like a very disorganized podcast studio at the moment. (laughs) I don't have any, uh, storage space, so I need to create some. So yeah, I'm definitely going to look at that because I can't, feel, I, I feel that clutter makes me feel like the world's closing in on me. And I don't like that feeling as we move into spring and summer. So I really just want to get rid of some shit. And also everybody's coming to Byron Bay. It's the hotspot mm. at the moment. And so there's clutter outside in terms of energy. So I just want my home to feel really yes clutter free, you know? So I'm I'm actually going to throw some stuff out, do like a proper, proper clean cleaning.
1: up. That's a really good idea. I, d- I had, um, Guys, do you know that declutter coaches are a thing? Just so you know. Um, My friend Kate used to do decluttering, but now she just comes and does my wardrobe because she likes to do it because it's fun. And I think the next thing that I'll do is the pantry and then the spare room and just like creating that space because that's what we've got to remember as well. Spring energy is the energy of new life, of rebirth, right? And to really support that energy of rebirth, we have to have things let go die shed remove for the rebirth to happen because it, energy needs energy to grow and to flow and to go so that, so <laughs> we've got to take stock of removing and you know if you're in the northern hemisphere listening to this just because it's not spring up there doesn't mean you can't also do this kind of like shifting of stagnant energy decluttering to create space for newness to enter
0: absolutely I feel like I do that process a lot um, on a monthly basis around the moon. Like I always make mm. sure that I'm clearing space on a full moon. So if if you find that you have been doing that from a um, spiritual and like a personal development point of view, mm. maybe springs the time to actually take it into the phys- physical realm and be like, well, what can I actually yeah, clear space for to create new life and new new space for energy to come in.
1: And if you have the luxury of investing in maybe a declutter coach or maybe getting some cleaners in and actually getting that energy as a kickstart that then you can maintain over spring or over the coming months, that could be a really nice way to treat yourself. I mean, let's use spring energy as well to be kind to ourselves after the fuckery that has been 2020 knowing that we we've, we've still got a quarter of the year left and we can make it what we choose to make it so using this beautiful uplifting spring energy to filter into your life as beauty and yeah uplifting and spacious and expansive um yeah because things can shift
0: i've i've had quite a few friends in victoria so if you're in victoria listening who of course is still in lockdown um and they've really used this time to clear out their home as much as they can because they've had to spend so much time in it. It's been this real sort of like cleansing, uh, minimizing period for them where they're like, oh, no, this is what it's like to be surrounded by my stuff all the time. So let's do something about it while I have a bit of time up my sleeve.
1: Yeah, and there's beautiful services online that I didn't even know were a thing, but one of the um, beautiful women in my Facebook group Soul Community, which is a free-to-join group, for anyone who wants to jump in and just feel more connected during this time of isolation, inverted commas, um, she jumps online and looks at your home through Zoom and then gives you advice as to how to restyle your room with the, the furniture you already have or she makes suggestions if you have a budget, which is a really cool idea so you don't actually need people coming into your home to do that work. I just thought that was really interesting and different, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Cool. You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts Holly Azza Party and Jordana Levine. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Join us over on Facebook. Our group is The Middle Podcast Show. Or you can connect with us on Instagram. Just search at the underscore middle underscore podcast. See you next week!